You're tuned in to the thinking out loud radio show. Giving voice to issues that matter to you. Featuring author, speaker, and minister. Michael Nimmons. In this week's show, we're calling it Living While Black Edition. We ran across a very interesting article uh, written on CNN, uh, the website Living While Black. And uh, we decided to title this show Living While Black as we talk about two high-profile uh, cases uh, surrounding the deaths of two black men. Uh, and um, Ahmaud Arbery is one of them, and uh, Jacob Blake is the other one. Uh- Break. And then in the third segment, we're going to be talking about a, kind of a fun topic, but one that uh, I believe is a great debate. Uh, Scottie Pippen, the forward for the, the Chicago Bulls, uh, now one of the uh, listed in one of the as the 50 greatest NBA players of all time, uh, has a book coming out called Unguarded, where uh, he's very critical of his teammate Michael Jordan, his airness. Yes, we know life to be hard. We know it to be a struggle for some. And Langston Hughes, mother to son, we can hear that precious mother candidly preparing her son for the harsh vicissitudes of life. Well, son, I tell you, life for me ain't been no crystal stair. It's had tacks in it and splinters and boards torn up and places with no carpet on the floor. Bare, but all the time, I's been a-climbing on and reaching landings and turning corners and sometimes going in the dark where there ain't been no light. So, boy, don't you turn back. Don't you sit down on the steps because you find it's kind of hard. Don't you fall now. I'm still going, honey. I'm still climbing. And life for me ain't been no crystal stair. In other words, when the going gets tough, the tough get going. Michigan has opened this thing up a little bit. The Spartans need some spark here. Duck check time for Michigan State offensively. They have to answer. Fourth and four, just inside the 30-yard line of Michigan. Throws it down the right sideline. Over the shoulder, grab made inside the five. Falling down to the one-yard line is Jaden Reed. Hand off to Kenneth Walker. Fights his way to the goal line. Touchdown, MSU! And the Spartans needed that one, and they got it. 
And now all of a sudden it's Michigan State that is making the plays that you have to make. Big hole right tackle. He's going to go all the way. He's inside the 10 into the end zone. Touchdown, MSU. Kenneth Walker can fly. Somebody's holding up K-9 for Heisman. He's certainly got to be in consideration. Michigan State down two. We'll go for two. Throws right side. And he got it! Catches made by Jaden Reed. Michigan State defensively now needs to do their part. Respond with a stop. defense could have him right where they want him but don't go to sleep on Kate McNamara he's been tough all game long 109 to play they have no timeouts McNamara throws it right sideline it is picked. It's and, picked. and it's that's picked. the ball game baby the Spartans have picked it off it's the 10th win for Michigan State over Michigan in the last 14 games that is domination folks 2-0 from Mel Tucker. Hello and welcome to another edition of the Thinking Out Loud radio show. And I'm your host, author, motivational speaker, and minister, Michael Nemmons. You're tuned in to the show that's giving voice to issues that matter to you. I want to welcome you to a brand new edition of the Thinking Out Loud radio show. Uh, I'm so happy to be uh, back. Uh, we took a little break uh, for some work obligations, uh, so we didn't do a show last week, but we are back. And uh, this is the Living Wild Black edition of the Thinking Out Loud radio show. Very excited to be with you this week and uh, you heard in the show opening we got a lot to talk about this week including uh, you know with some business we need to take care of uh, regarding the uh, uh, Michigan State Spartans and that uh, uh, that team up the street in Ann Arbor that we beat uh, just a couple weeks ago we didn't uh, have an opportunity to do a show after the game uh, but uh, we want to make sure that everybody knows who, who are listening and uh, wearing that block M uh, knows who is the best school in the state and that is that school in East Lansing the Michigan State Spartans shouts out to coach Mel Tucker and 
the Michigan State Spartan football team uh, for beating the uh, Michigan Wolverines uh, on October 30th and uh, in grand fashion uh, they did a phenomenal job uh, shouts out to a running back Heisman candidate front runner Kenneth Walker the third five touchdowns 190 uh, something yards uh, man did a phenomenal job uh, that game uh, it was an epic game uh, Michigan uh, came out uh, early uh, and it looked like it was going to be a blowout game but Michigan State kept uh, fighting kept chopping which is the mantra of the Michigan State Spartan football team and they did their thing they came back and won it 37 to 33 37 to 33 guys so there you have it man so very excited for my Michigan State Spartans and guess what guys right out the gate I'm going to share something with you we got a Spartan player that we're going to be interviewing on the Thinking Out Loud radio show I'm not going to let the cat out the bag just yet but just know next week's show we got a Spartan football player that's going to be with us uh, from this Michigan State uh, Spartan football team I'm very excited about it I'm very excited you got to tune in you don't want to miss next week's show i'm telling you right out the gate i'm letting you know that uh you don't want to miss next week's show we got a spartan football player and i'm excited about it excited about it shouts out to my good friend michelle collins who helped set that interview up i appreciate you uh thank you so much uh for uh setting that up for us and i really appreciate you for that but uh, next week's show is going to be epic So you gotta tune in In this week's show we're calling it Living Wild Black Edition We ran across a very interesting article uh, Written on CNN uh, The website Living Wild Black And uh, we decided to title This show Living Wild Black As we talk about two high profile uh, Cases uh, Surrounding the deaths of two black men uh, And um, Ahmaud Arbery is one of them And uh, Jacob Blake is the other one. Uh, two individuals that were gunned down by police um, and their trials are going on right now. Uh, Ahmaud Arbery's trial is taking place right now uh, and um, the three men are uh, who are on trial uh, this case is being uh, meted out and uh, I believe it's in its fifth day. We're going to be talking about that in the first segment of this week's show. In the second segment, we're going to be talking about Kyle Rittenhouse, who is the uh, white young man who uh, killed, gunned down two, uh, uh, two individuals during a Kenosha uh uh, Kenosha demonstration after the death of Jacob Blake, young black man who was shot in the back seven times by a white police officer. Uh, this young uh, Kyle Rittenhouse was seen walking through this demonstration with the AR-15 who had gunned down two, uh, two white people uh, and wounded another uh, during this demonstration, this protest after the death of Jacob Blake. And we'll be talking about that in the second segment. Segment of this week's show. 
Living while black Living while black uh, So many things are going to come out of this discussion And I can't wait to jump into it uh, On the other side of the break And then in the third segment We're going to be talking about a, Kind of a fun topic But one that uh, I believe is a great debate uh, Scotty Pippen The forward for the, the Chicago Bulls uh, Now one of the uh, Listed in one of the As the 50 greatest NBA players of all time uh, Has a book coming out Called Unguarded Where uh, he's very critical Of his teammate Michael Jordan His airness And we're going to talk about Some of his controversial comments And his beef with Michael Jordan In the third segment of this week's show So guys we've got a great show In store for you That's right guys So uh, buckle your seat belts Because this conversation is going to get uh, Kind of wild <laughs> In this week's edition of the Thinking Out Loud Radio Should We thank you For taking some time out of your day To spend it with with us right here on the Thinking Out Loud radio and TV show. Remember to follow us on Facebook, uh, on our Thinking Out Loud Facebook uh, fan page at facebook.com forward slash Thinking Out Loud HQ. That's right, Thinking Out Loud HQ. Or on Twitter and Instagram at TOL Radio Host MSN. Uh, TOL Radio Host MSN. Would love to chop it up with you. Uh, please, again, send us an email if you uh, want to at contact at michaelnimmons.com. We love to engage our listeners and engage you on social media as well. Uh, we just enjoy this platform and uh, we appreciate those of you who listen to us on a week to week basis. And we appreciate your support of the Thinking Out Loud radio show. And speaking of support, do us a favor. And wherever you're listening, drop us a, a, a review. Uh, write a review for us and let us uh, let others know what, uh, how you appreciate what we're doing right here on the Thinking Out Loud radio show. We would truly appreciate it. Thank you so much again for those who listen to us on a week-to-week basis. But the way you can show your gratitude and thanks for what we're doing is write a review. You on uh, Spotify, on Apple Podcasts, on Google uh, Google Podcast, uh, wherever you listen to the Thinking Out Loud radio show. That way, others will be able to find our show and uh, be able to know what we're talking about and become a subscriber of the Thinking Out Loud radio show as you are as well. So do us a favor again, write us a review. That way we can even rise in some of the rankings on the podcast networks where our podcast is uh, available again you can go to our website if you uh, as well michaelnemons.com and listen to all of the 220 um, episodes of the Thinking Out Loud radio show this again is our fourth year that we're celebrating doing this uh, phenomenal podcast and we have interviewed somewhere over a hundred or so guests Influencers, creatives, and the like uh, on the, the uh, on this podcast, and uh, we appreciate uh, all of your support of it as well. If you are an entrepreneur or uh, a business owner and you want to promote your product right here on the Thinking Out Loud radio show, we encourage you to drop us a line at 
contact at michaelnemons.com. We would love to partner with you and help you promote your product and business right here on the Thinking Out Loud radio show. Again, we say it all the time. The podcasts are growing each and every month. There are new podcasts coming out, and it's a global market. Your product will be available uh, around in and and um uh, in a marketplace that spans the globe. That's right, guys. So we encourage you, if you're interested, DM us on uh, social media or hit us up at contact at michaelnemons.com. We would love to partner with you to help get the word out about what you're doing and your business right here on the Thinking Out Loud radio show. Of partners, we want to shout out CEO of Elite School Management, Maurice Evans, and my good friend, D'Angelo Alexander, superintendent of the, the Service Learning District, Detroit, Redford, and Oak Park Service Learning Academies, respectively. They're doing a phenomenal job. And if you're a parent or a guardian and want to put your young people in a school that will make sure that, they, that your young person is going to get the best education that's available, we highly recommend the Service Learning Academy District either of the three locations, Detroit, Oak Park, and Redford Service Learning Academies, they're going to get an education that is second to none. In addition to the three topics we're going to be discussing in this week's Living While Black edition of the Thinking Out Loud radio show, we've got a great thought in store for you. It's titled, On the Bright Side. And I guarantee you it's going to bless you. Believe me, there is a bright side to every problem, a bright side to every circumstance, a bright side to every situation that you might be faced with. I know this might be a difficult time of year for a lot of us, but I'm, I'm sure that this thought is is going to bless you at the end of this week's show. Well, guys, we're getting ready to take our first break. When we come back, we're jumping right into our first segment, talking about the Ahmad Arby trial and what's going on in day five of this high-profile case around the death of this black young man. We're going to do it on the other side of the break. You're tuned in to one of the hottest radio shows online. It's the Thinking Out Loud radio show. We'll be right back. Hello, my name is Maya Nimmons, and I want you to listen to my dad, Michael Nimmons, on the Thinking Out Loud radio show. Every Tuesday at 8 p.m., available everywhere you listen to your podcast, and now available on the Detroit Praise Network website. You better listen to that little girl, the Thinking Out Loud radio show, giving voice to issues that matter to you. Stephanie D. Sanders, award-winning singer, songwriter, author, voiceover artist, and more. Heard on shows like the Tom Joyner Morning Show and the Thinking Out Loud radio show. Book Stephanie D. Sanders to voice over your podcast or radio intros or commercials. Do yourself a favor and visit stephaniedsanders.com and upgrade your podcast or radio show by booking Stephanie D. Sanders. You'll definitely be glad that you did. Refined, rebranded, reinvented, reinvigorated, revived. 
the new michaelnimmons.com website is finally here. And believe me, it's worth the wait. A state-of-the-art website where you can listen to the Thinking Out Loud radio show podcast, watch Thinking Out Loud TV, read the Thinking Out Loud blog, purchase books and swag, and so much more. Subscribe today and get a free gift on us. Stop by the new michaelnimmons.com. It is sure to be a thought-provoking experience. Who told you that you were naked? Who told you that you were insufficient? Who told you that you were a loser? Who told you that you were a failure? Who told you that you were deficient? Who told you that you were nothing? Who told you that you were worthless? Who told you that you had no value? Who told you that you to believe. Who Told You That You Were Naked is a dynamic, empowering, and inspiring book about identity that is a definite must-have. Pastor Nimmons talks about an identity crisis that dates as far back as the Garden of Eden. You don't want to miss these powerful insights into not just the problem of this identity crisis, but the discovery of the spiritual solution. Get your copy now, available on Amazon for just $14.95 or by visiting michaelnemons.com. Like a victim when you are already victorious. Emmy Award-winning journalist, Jimmy O'Heal. And to ask ourselves, how is it that we're trying to allegedly reach racial harmony, but we want to have celebrations of racist things all the time. Again, we can't have unity unless we agree that something's bad. And we sound even more foolish by saying, oh no, but we changed the meaning. Okay, they could say the same thing in Germany about a lot of things, but you don't see it because they knew in order for real healing to take place, they had to disavow all that stuff, which is why they paid reparations Judas descendants of the Jews that were killed and are. That's why they did it. Apologies don't work unless you put some level of action behind it. It was my really long-winded way of saying that when I think about the national anthem, it doesn't represent everybody. Mark Cuban knew it. He talked about it. That's why they stopped doing it. And you know what? They didn't do it for 13 games and no one noticed. We bring you the best minds who deliver their best thoughts only on the Thinking Out Loud radio show. In need of a logo design for your business, then check out DM Designs. Need flyers, t-shirts, business cards, or a website for your business, then check out DM Designs. The people at DM Designs will get you right for your next business venture. They're professional and courteous, and they get the job done right every time. Check out the team at DM Designs. Give them a call today at 734-219-5266. DM Designs, bringing your imagination to life.
What is up, beautiful people? It's your girl, Lex Devine, in the building, kicking it with yours truly, Michael Nimmons, on the Thinking Out Loud radio and TV show. All right, y'all, stay tuned. You're tuned in to the Thinking Out Loud radio show. Keep it locked, keep it locked, keep it locked. In Brunswick, Georgia, the trial of Gregory and Travis McMichael and William Roddy Bryan in the death of Ahmad Aubrey is set to enter its fifth day. The chief investigator of the case testified that Bryan told him he tried to cut Aubrey off with his truck, saying he wished he could have hit him because if he did, maybe Aubrey would not have been shot. Alex Perche joins us outside the courthouse in Brunswick with more. Alex, what stood out from this trial yesterday? And certainly everybody's wondering what we can expect from it as it resumes today. Good morning, Phil. So, yes, we're expecting this trial to get underway today shortly in about 15 minutes. We've already seen the defendants walk in this morning, but a number of things stood out yesterday. Number one, the pacing of this trial picked up. We heard from a number of witnesses, law enforcement, uh, 911 operators, and people that lived in that Satilla Shores community, including one neighbor, Matthew Albenzi. He actually saw Arbery the day of that shooting. Uh, he is actually seen in some of the surveillance video that we've seen already this week riding his bicycle down the street moments after those gunshots rang out. And he testified that he'd actually seen Aubrey at the property of Larry English. That's an open construction site looking from uh, the driveway at the house. He says that he was out. Albenzi says that he was out cutting wood. He noticed Aubrey looking at that property. And one critical piece of his testimony says that, yes, he armed himself with a pistol, got his cell phone, and then called uh, the Glen County Police Department, but he didn't call 911. He says he called what they call the 7800 extension, uh, which is the non-emergency line. Prosecutors asking why he didn't dial 911 directly. He said because he didn't view this as an emergency. And then later on in the afternoon, we heard testimony from an officer who was talking about his interview and uh, investigation of the truck of William Roddy Bryan and the dents and, uh, and some of the smudges that might indicate that uh, Bryant was trying to hit or possibly made contact with Ahmaud Arbery somewhere during that chase. But I, I think one of the biggest things that stood out yesterday uh, was something that happened outside of the courtroom, and that was uh, a, a visit by the Reverend Al Sharpton, also attorney Ben Trump and uh, Lee Merritt showing support for the Arbery family, saying that not only are they worried about what's going on in the courtroom, but also the way this case has been investigated. All right, Alex Prochet in Brunswick, Georgia, thank you so much. And I know you'll be with us throughout the morning as well. Stay with us as we have live coverage of the trial when it resumes at 9 a.m. Eastern. Hi, everyone. George Stephanopoulos here. Thanks for checking out the ABC News YouTube channel. If you'd like to get more video...
want to welcome you back to the Living Wild Black edition of the Thinking Out Loud radio show. And uh, as we said before the break, we're going to be talking about two very high-profile cases uh, that are centered around the deaths of two black men, one being Ar- Mahmoud Arbery in this segment. And in the next segment, we're going to be talking about uh, the death of Jacob Blake and um, Kyle Rittenhouse, who is um, a young white boy uh, who uh, was... Uh, uh, who killed uh, two uh, two young people, two teens, uh, doing a Kenosha uh, protest after the death of Jacob Blake. We're going to talk about both of those in these next two segments. And Ahmaud Arbery, um, this case is in its fifth day after the tragic death of Ahmaud Arbery more than a year ago. Uh, three white men, Gregory McMichael, his son Travis McMichael, and William Roddy Brown Jr., are accused of chasing Aubrey, a 25 year old black man, in vehicles and killing him in that neighborhood of Brunswick, Georgia, uh, on February 23rd, 2020. Um, it's just very, very, um, very uh, tragic uh, death of this young man. And to, you know, see all of this unfolding right before our very eyes, again, it's a reminder of, uh, you know, a reminder of, you know, where we are. And uh, even as far as we might have, we feel we might have come, um, it is, it is occurrences like these, it's tragic deaths like these that are a reminder of how far we still have yet to go. Um, as a part of this case, Larry English Jr. Uh, testified in a deposition on September 24th uh, that surveillance footage uh, at his property near Brunswick, Georgia, captured people on the property several times in late 2019 and early 2020. And in some instances, he called 911 about the intrusions and uh, apparently the death of Ahmaud Arbery is centered around uh, this property that was apparently under construction uh, and Larry English has camera footage of people uh, trespassing on this private property and he, of which he called 911 uh, on several occasions and according to the reports that I've read uh, there were white people and black people trespassing on this property and he claims that Ahmaud Arbery was one of those individuals and um, and so uh, these three men Gregory McMichael, Travis McMichael and William Roddy Brown Brian, uh, I guess they called, they, they, they took it upon themselves to take matters in their own hand when they uh, saw this black young boy jogging, uh, a black young man jogging, and uh, you know he's minding his own business, and um, they chased him down, and they shot and killed this young man uh, in cold blood. Attorney Ben Crump called Ahmad Arbery's murder a 21st century lynching. The reminder of again. Uh, how far we still have yet to go. 
there appeared to be an immediate bias to the victim, Ahmaud Arbery, by the police and investigators from the very beginning. You heard in the opening segment from his mother who said that the investigator called her and said that um, you know her son was involved in a burglary. Um, and again, it's, it appears that they are, you know, putting, uh, well, already making Ahmad Arbery the uh, conspirator or the perpetrator of a crime to, in order to justify the actions of the white men who took this young man's life. And uh, it wasn't until the facts of the case started to come out, more of the facts of the case started to come out, that we started to see that uh, this was uh, something that was being put out there to justify what happened to Ahmaud Arbery, uh, similar to, uh, you know, cases like Trayvon Martin and that uh, George Zimmerman, who uh, killed this young man in cold blood uh, because he thought that this young man was up to no good. And and here, you know, he was he the, though in in both cases, these men did not have the authority uh, to do anything uh, deadly to use deadly force to take these young men's life. But here we are, and it's a reminder again, not just of how far we've come, but of how far we have yet to go. Um, and. Ahmaud Arbery's mother was contacted by the investigator, which we, we said earlier, and indicated that her son had committed a burglary. And she also mentioned that in this case so far, that 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 never had that has not come up at all. Um, and uh, she hadn't even seen who this investigator was until the day of the trial so she has again questions in her mind about the the credibility of the investigator um, about uh, you know what they were actually doing and plotting against her son uh, Aubrey's family has said that he was out for a jog when he was shot and killed cell phone video of the episode surfaced more than two months later sparking widespread public outrage and demonstrations just weeks before the police killing of George Floyd in Minneapolis Minnesota and it set off a summer of nationwide protests against racial injustice and you all remember uh, all of these things that happened it was all over social media I remember seeing footage uh, on Twitter and Instagram and Facebook of a young man uh, uh, running and uh, and then just being cut down in cold blood, uh, and it, it, it just seemed to be no rhyme or reason at all uh, to what happened there, and it it even sparked me to uh, put together a panel of uh, lawyers and uh, you know law enforcement officers, and we called it "Speak Up and Speak Out." Uh, regarding the, 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 the death of Ahmaud Arbery and Breonna Taylor at the time. This was before the death of George Floyd. 
this is available um you can go back and 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 listen to that podcast uh this was done uh may have been march february march of 2020 you can check that out any and everywhere you listen to your podcast but um you know we were moved uh to 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 put something together to really talk about what was happening and uh, seemed to be a, a pattern that really needed to be addressed, a very deadly pattern uh, uh, where black men were being targeted by the police. And, uh, and you know, it was just, it was, you know, something had to be done. And so we decided to put something together to talk about this very thing. And again, his family says that he was out for a jog keep that in mind something as simple as just being out for a jog and this young man lost his life and it 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 really you know makes you wonder um you know nowadays how why would you even have to worry or concern yourself about something as simple as just being out for a jog you know and your life being taken and I ran across an article on uh, CNN that I mentioned earlier in this segment called Living While Black. And, and something as simple as being out for a jog uh, actually jeopardized this young man's life. Jogging is just something, a very simple activity, simple exercise that most people engage in. I being one of them, I jog all the time. And jog through my neighborhood and do and 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 through parks and whatnot, just getting some general exercise. And here, this young man, uh, his life was taken from simply taking a jog. But according to this CNN article, uh, "Living While Black," here are all of the routine activities for which police were called on African Americans. This year, this article was written in December 28th of 2018. And um, in 2018, police across the United States have been urged to investigate black people for doing all kinds of daily, mundane, non-criminal activities. This year alone, police have been called on African-Americans for the following. Operating uh, Operating a lemonade store while black. Going uh, golfing too slowly while black, waiting for a friend at Starbucks while black, barbecuing at a park while black, working out at a gym while black, campaigning door to door while black, moving into an apartment while black, mowing the wrong lawn while black. Shopping for prom clothes while black. Napping in a university common room while black. Asking for directions while black. Not waving while leaving an Airbnb while black. Redeeming a coupon while black. Selling selling bottled water on a sidewalk while black. Eating lunch on a college campus while black. Riding in a car with a white grandmother while black. Babysitting two white children while black. Wearing a backpack that brushed against a woman while black. 
working as a home inspector while black, working as a firefighter while black, helping a homeless man while black, delivering newspapers while black, swimming in a pool while black, shopping while pregnant while black, driving with leaves on a car while black, trying to cash a paycheck while black. I, these are and I'm not making any of this up. These are all instances and occurrences where police have been called on African Americans for doing normal everyday things that other people do, white people do all the time, and yet they felt the need to call the police on black people while doing these same things. And what's even more unfortunate is when their lives are taken because they were doing some of those same things. And um, it's it's, it's very, very, again, very sad uh, to hear that, um, you know, uh, someone's life can be taken while jogging. Someone's life... Uh, could be taken by uh, uh, someone's life was taken because they were simply sitting in their home uh, one evening eating ice cream watching TV you all remember that Uh, uh, Shotham Botham Shim Jean uh, sitting in his apartment minding his own business when a white police officer claimed to be coming into her own apartment mistakenly thought it was her apartment and saw this black man in his apartment and shot him to death both of them Jean is no longer with us because he was in his own apartment minding his own business and there are much many more cases like these that uh, are, are, are just mind boggling and very unfortunate that we as African Americans uh, have been you know, our lives have been jeopardized because we were doing something that someone thought we were not supposed to be doing the Karens of our, uh, our society in fact I think there's a movie entitled Karen that attorney Ben Crump um, was a part of producing uh, I think you can go on, on YouTube and see the trailer for it I'm not exactly sure where the movie itself is being pl- is is uh, playing, but I saw the trailer for it. It's called Karen, and uh, you know the the Karens are the ones that uh, white women that have been nicknamed for uh, calling the police on black people uh, for doing things that they don't think they're supposed to be doing or be able to do. And it's just uh, it's 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 really it's really sad, and you know. This young man's life was taken for him simply being out for a jog, and um, it didn't have to happen that way. It did, this didn't have to happen, um, and um, you know we we have to continue speaking truth to power. We have to continue shining the light on uh, these types of things because uh, I think it's very important. That um, you know these men are brought to justice. I hope and pray that um, you know this case 
ends the way it should where these men will spend the rest of their lives in prison. I know that does not bring Ahmaud Arbery back. It does not uh, give uh, Ahmaud uh, Arbery's mother uh, him back, uh, but it does uh, offer some closure uh, to this case uh, that, that um, you know, that will hopefully help this family heal. And our thoughts and prayers go out to to them all. And um, I, I just can't uh, say enough about this problem of police brutality and the need for uh, it to be resolved. Uh, I'd love to get your thoughts and feedback about this particular story. You definitely can email us at contact at michaelnemons.com. Hit us up uh, on our Facebook fan page at thinkingoutfacebook.com forward slash thinkingoutloudhq uh, or on Twitter or Instagram at TOL Radio Host MSN. We would love to hear from you. Guys, we're getting ready to take our next break. But when we come back, we're going to talk about the Kyle Rittenhouse case. Uh, surrounding the death of Jacob Blake and much more. We're going to do that on the other side of the break. It's the Thinking Out Loud radio and TV show. We'll be right back. You're listening to the Thinking Out Loud radio show with Pastor Michael Nimmons. Don't you dare touch that dial. global advocate, Martin Luther King III. So I, I think the future is is the, the best probably is yet to come, particularly coming out of this phase right now, coming out of, you know, the last four years of being dark and desolate. I mean, the last four years, theoretically, could cause, of have caused people to to have lost faith, particularly if, if Trump had won. I think our, we wouldn't have a democracy if this man had been reelected. We bring you the best minds who deliver their best thoughts only on the Thinking Out Loud radio show. Congratulations to Pastor Michael Nimmons for over 20,000 streams and downloads. Rate, review, and subscribe to the Thinking Out Loud radio show podcast. Available on Apple Podcasts, Google Play Music, TuneIn, Spotify, iHeartRadio, Radio.com, and MichaelNimmons.com. Tune in today. The Thinking Out Loud radio show giving voice to issues that matter to you. The people have spoken. From Minneapolis, Minnesota, to London, England, from New Zealand to New York City. Black Lives Matter and I Can't Breathe are the sentiment of people around the world. Dr. King was right. Injustice anywhere is a threat to justice everywhere. We must do everything we can to continue to march, protest, 
and rally for justice. Let us march on until victory is won. An important message from the Thinking Out Loud radio show. Thinking Out Loud swag is here. T-shirts, polos, hoodies, letterman's jackets, and even face masks. All priced affordably and in a variety of colors and sizes. Just visit michaelnimmons.com to purchase your favorite Thinking Out Loud radio show swag. Get yours today and rep the show out loud. As he described for the jury the tense moments before he opened fire, Kyle Rittenhouse broke down. There were people right there. The judge calling a short break. Some jurors appearing sympathetic as they walked out. Rittenhouse's mother within earshot, sobbing. It was a dramatic seventh day of testimony in the trial where the now 18-year-old faces six charges, including intentional homicide after shooting and killing two men and wounding another during last year's protest in Kenosha, Wisconsin, following the police shooting of Jacob Blake. I didn't do anything wrong. I defended myself. Rittenhouse, speaking publicly at length for the first time, described how he's come to Kenosha to provide medical aid and protect property from rioters, and how the first man he shot, Joseph Rosenbaum, had chased him. I didn't notice Mr. Rosenbaum until until he came out from behind the car and ambushed me. He says Rosenbaum had threatened him earlier at least twice, yelling, If I catch any of you alone, I'm going to kill you. The prosecution then began an aggressive cross-examination. Everybody that you shot at that night you intended to kill, correct? I didn't intend to kill them. I intended to, I intended to stop the people who were attacking me. You made an intentional decision in the middle of that incident to turn and point the gun at Mr. Rosenbaum, correct? Yes. But with the jury out of the room, the judge suddenly raised his voice. Don't get brazen with me. Admonishing the prosecutor, accusing him of improperly trying to introduce testimony that the judge had earlier prohibited. You're an experienced trial attorney and you're telling me that when the judge says, I'm excluding this, you just to take it upon yourself to put it in because you think that you've found a way around it? Come on. And Gabe, earlier the defense pushed for a mistrial. Where did that land? Uh, yes, Lester, after those tense exchanges, the defense is now asking for a mistrial with prejudice, meaning that if the requests were granted, Rittenhouse could not be retried. The judge has not ruled yet. Thank
Well, guys, we are back and we're continuing our conversation uh, on the Living Wild Black edition of the Thinking Out Loud radio show, uh, taken from the article that we ran across on CNN entitled Living Wild Black. We talked about that in the first segment of this week's show. Uh, and as well as the Ahmad Arbery case uh, that's in its fifth day uh, surrounding the tragic death of this young man that attorney Ben Crump called a modern day lynching, the modern day lynching. And, um, you know, again, it was very tragic what happened. And um, I'm just reminded of the words of Cornell West, Dr. Cornell West, when talking about Black Lives Matter and talking about uh, this this constant uh, state of mourning that we as a, a people are in, you know, a, a constant state of what he calls perpetual mourning. Uh, you know, we are constantly mourning. And the part about this particular case, again, not only did we mourn his death back in February of 2020, but now we have to mourn it again uh, as we're reminded of his death as these white men sit in this courtroom, uh, you know, and hearing these facts about the case come out and and praying for justice in this case to prevail. So, you know, here we are again in a perpetual state of mourning. And it leads me to uh, this next segment. And you heard in the this segment opening talking about Kyle Rittenhouse, who is the young Man who claims to uh, claim self-defense, but he's been charged and accused with killing two uh, two people during a Kenosha protest of the death of Jacob Blake, and um, he was a young black man, uh, uh, young black man, twenty-five year old. Uh, white officer firing seven times into Jacob Blake's back in front of the 29-year-old, 20, rather, black man's three young sons. Uh, you, all are, you all are familiar with this story as well in, in uh, Kenosha, Wisconsin. Kyle Rittenhouse, uh, this armed Illinois teenager who killed two people and wounded another during unrest in Kenosha, Wisconsin last summer, is on trial uh, on homicide charges. Uh, Rittenhouse is now 18 years old, is charged with uh, five felonies and testified in his own defense. He's sitting uh, in a courtroom now. Uh, he testified on the stand uh, and, um, you know, in his words, uh, was, uh, uh, you know, using a self what he what he considers self defense because he felt like his life was uh, was being threatened Rittenhouse now 18 is accused of fatally shooting Anthony Huber uh, 26 Joseph Rosenbaum Rosenbaum uh, 36 and wounding uh, Gage Grossenkraus who is 20, uh, 27, three uh, white individuals that were a part of this Kenosha uh, demonstration after the death of Jacob Blake. Uh, the case, of course, stems from Rittenhouse's actions in the wake of protests related to the police shooting of Jacob Blake in August 2020. It's a case that will uh, test the distinction between self-defense and vigilante killings. 
um, we you know, I was watching uh, CNN uh, couple, uh, might have been a couple days ago and uh, two attorneys were on talking about uh, the defense putting uh, Kyle Rittenhouse on the stand, which in some instances appears to be kind of strange. Usually the defense doesn't put the uh, uh, put their um, uh, the, the, the accused on the stand. Um, they basically speak for the accused during the trial but in this case they say they're you they're doing so because they believe it humanizes um uh, kyle Witten, uh, rittenhouse and uh and gives him the ability to uh to talk about why he did what he did again he's saying he did it in self-defense but then when you look at video of uh, what happened in Kenosha, Wisconsin? You see this white young boy walking with an AR-15 in the sky, and uh, he's walking like he's at a uh, uh, a KKK rally, and the police are actually walking by and driving by him while he is walking with this AR-15 rifle, and it is a very chilling. Uh, uh, Photograph, very chilling video of what took place in Kenosha, Wisconsin, that he himself is trying to uh, claim was in simple self-defense. Um, I saw it, and I was just, I was, uh, you know, again, a very chilling display of what I, or what I consider to be white power, um, and and white supremacy. Uh, that's that. That's really what it looked like. I remember uh, being in Lansing uh, during the gun rights rallies and seeing, you know, white men walking with AK-47s and AR-15s walking right past the police, and they were they they weren't flinching, they weren't uh, afraid at all of being arrested, uh, but they were walking with their rifles proudly. Uh, in the face of the police and I was saying to myself man this is just white supremacy at its worst because you know if you think about uh, what it would look like if the sh if if it was a different color uh, if we you know as black people were you know out there uh, you know as gun advocates open caring you know, it would be a different kind of tone. It would be a different kind of uh, outcome. Uh, I, I guarantee it. And uh, and and it was really, it was really really eye opening. Um, and uh, I I saw that, and that's what this reminded me of when I saw those pictures of Ahmad Arbery, not Ahmad Arbery, but um, Kyle Rittenhouse walking and. Basically, uh, you know, uh, proudly showing off his AR-15 to the police and they did nothing, absolutely nothing against him. And you juxtapose that to the death of Jacob Blake, a man who the police shot seven times unarmed in front of his own children. And you wonder 
What's going on? Like Marvin Gaye asked the question, what's going on? White officer firing seven times into Jacob Blake's back in front of the 29-year-old's black man's three young sons. And here, Rittenhouse from nearby Antioch had an affinity for guns and supported Blue Lives Matter. And then President Donald Trump, according to his social media accounts, you know, the Blue Lives Matter movement uh, that, you know, uh, somehow uh, it, it, we, we all uh, have forgotten that their lives matter too. But we, it, there is no uh, contradiction at all in, in that, in the misunderstanding or, or the understanding that blue lives matter because we believe they, their lives matter too. And, and saying black lives matter, as we've said in earlier shows and previous shows, doesn't mean that other lives don't matter other lives don't matter either but it means that our lives matter too it doesn't mean that our lives matter more or that uh, other lives don't matter at all it means that our lives matter too let me say that again and saying that black lives matter does not mean that we're saying that our lives matter more or that other lives do not matter at all. It means that our lives matter too. Because some people think that in saying black lives matter, that that in and of itself is a black power uh, type of statement that we're, we're saying black supremacy uh, and, 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 and that is not what that Black Lives Matter movement is about at all. Dr. King said that black supremacy is as evil as white supremacy. Uh, so we're not we're not propagating that. We're not suggesting that at all in saying that black lives matter is saying that our lives matter, too. I need to make that clarification. Um, House photograph wearing a green t-shirt and a backward baseball cap walking the streets of the city on the night of August 25th with a group of armed men video and photos from the protest show and hours after curfew Rittenhouse was walking down the streets near a car dealership holding what investigators later determined to be a Smith and Wesson AR-15 style 20, uh, 223 rifle caliber rifle Think about that. And he proudly uh, and brazenly walked down this street during the mayhem and carnage that took place in this Kenosha demonstration after the death of Jacob Blake. But then on the stand a little more than a year ago, I want you to take a listen to what Kyle Rittenhouse claims happened on that fateful day over a year ago, walking down the streets of Kenosha, Wisconsin. Take a listen. Describe your approach to car source number three. As I'm walking down Sheridan Road, um, 
I I hear somebody scream burn in hell and I reply with friendly 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 to let them know hey I'm just here to help I'm just I don't want any problems I just want to put out the fires if there are any um, I continue walking and then I notice the Duramax I notice a flame in the back seat of the Duramax and I stepped I stepped towards the Duramax and um, as I'm stepping forward, I believe his name is now Joshua Zeminski. He steps towards me with a pistol in his hand, and as um as I'm walking, as I as I'm walking towards to put out the fire, I drop the fire extinguisher and I, I take a step back. Okay, when you step back from Mr. Zeminski, what's your plan? My plan is to get out of that situation and go back north down Sheridan Road to where um, the car source lot number two was. And did you get back? Were you able to go in a northerly direction? I, I wasn't. Describe what happens. I, once I take that step back, I look over my shoulder and Mr. Rosenbaum Mr. Rosenbaum was now running from my right side, um, and I was cornered from in front of me with Mr. Zeminski, and there were <laughs> there were three people right there. <laughs> That's what I run. That's what I run. We're going to just take it. Time for our break anyway. You, you can uh, just relax for a minute, sir. Uh, we're going to take a break, uh, about uh, 10 minutes, and please don't talk about the case during the break. What, read, watch, or listen to any comments. <coughs> Hi everyone, George Stephanopoulos here. Thanks for checking out the ABC News YouTube channel. If you'd like to get more videos, show highlights, and watch live event coverage, click on the right over here to subscribe to our channel. And don't forget to download the ABC News app for breaking news alerts. Thanks for watching. To hear you hear Kyle Rittenhouse crying and getting emotional uh, on the stand, trying to, you know, in some ways justify his actions, claiming self-defense. He was afraid for his life um, and uh, that he was there to only to help. I mean... <sighs> I, don't, I, I can't I can't understand how uh, he felt that his presence there with an AR-15, which I believe is an illegal weapon, first and foremost, for him to even have. But yet he's brandishing this weapon right in front of the police. And. um 
doesn't seem to be at all ashamed or uh, you know nervous or whatever or whatever you want to call it. But then I late then but then according to reports uh, after uh, you know Kyle Rittenhouse took the lives of those two young people and wounded another. He went to the police station and turned himself in. Um, and so this is supposed to, according to the defense, um, support his his uh, his his claim that he was acting in self-defense and that his actions were not uh, intentional. Um, but the prosecution, is proving otherwise and uh, in fact the prosecution has gotten into an exchange with even the judge because the defense is trying to uh, trying to to, to actually uh, file a mistrial and uh, and get this young man off <clears throat> but the, the prosecution, I think, is doing a great job in proving that Kyle Rittenhouse knew what he was doing when he used deadly force to take the lives of those two young people and wound the other. Period and point blank. And again, centered around the death of yet another black man, Jacob Blake. Living while black. Living while black. And now these three young sons are without a father. And he was not able to uh, defend himself or even explain himself in a court of law if anything was happening that uh, you know that that was that re that required um, explanation but his life was taken just like that no rhyme or reason for what happened all we have is the accounts of what took place and uh, and then the violence that ensued as a result of it this is where we are living while black a state of perpetual mourning our thoughts and prayers go out to the family of Jacob Blake and um, of course the outcome of this case cannot bring him back or even bring those families of that, that were lost as a result of Kyle Rittenhouse's um, actions on that fateful day back in August either but those lives matters too white or black their lives matter too and they did not deserve to die at the hands of this young man as well 
Love to get your thoughts and feedback about that. Again, you can add us at TOL Radio Host MSN or hit us up on our Facebook fan page at facebook.com forward slash thinking out loud HQ or drop us an email at contact at michaelnemons.com. Guys, we're getting ready to take our next break. When we come back, we're going to be talking The Last Dance, Scottie Pippen's comments, his new book, Unguarded, and his beef with Michael Jordan. You don't want to go anywhere. You're tuned in to one of the hottest radio shows online. It's the Thinking Out Loud radio show. We'll be right back. Don't, 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 don't touch that dial. It's the Thinking Out Loud radio show. We'll be right back. This is Michael Eric Dyson, and when I'm in Detroit, I listen to the Thinking Out Loud radio show, dropping that knowledge, giving that inspiration, giving us that enlightenment. Nobody does it like Brother Michael does it. Do your thing. Holla. Peace. Thinking Out Loud radio show, giving voice to issues that matter to you. Vision should be the next book you purchase. Written by radio host and minister Michael Nimmons. Vision is an insightful, thought-provoking book that is also a helpful tool in getting you to see your life through God's eyes. Vision Endorsed by best-selling authors Dr. Eddie Connor and Kim Brooks and mega-pastor Bishop Charles H. Ellis III. Vision is a life-changing book that you need in your personal library. Get your copy today. Available everywhere books are sold online or at michaelnimmons.com. Get your copy today. Vision Vision. Stay tuned for more motivation, more inspiration, and more empowerment on the Thinking Out Loud radio show. Keep it locked. Refined, rebranded, reinvented, reinvigorated, revived. The new michaelnimmons.com website is finally here. And believe me, it's worth the wait. A state-of-the-art website where you can listen to the Thinking Out Loud radio show podcast, watch Thinking Out Loud TV, read the Thinking Out Loud blog, purchase books and swag, and so much more. Subscribe today and get a free gift on us. Stop by the new michaelnimmons.com. It is sure to be a thought working experience. In need of a logo design for your business, then check out DM Designs. Need flyers, t-shirts, business cards, or a website for your business, then check out DM Designs. The people at DM Designs will get you right for your next business venture. They're professional and courteous and they get the job done right every time. Check out the team at DM Designs. Give them a call today at 734-219-5266. DM Designs, bringing your imagination to life. 
Start with the NBA story everyone is talking about. The opening tip, Scottie Pippen. His book comes out next week. An excerpt today published in GQ in which he clearly takes great umbrage at the way he was portrayed by Michael Jordan in the films The Last Dance. He said, I watched the doc at home in Southern California with my three teenage boys. Couldn't believe my eyes. On second thought, I could believe my eyes. I spent a lot of time around the man. I knew what made him tick, how naive I was to expect anything else. Now here I was in my mid-50s, 17 years since my final game, watching us being demeaned once again. Living through it the first time was insulting enough. Michael was determined to prove to the current generation fans that he was larger than life during his day and still larger than LeBron James, the player many consider his equal, if not his superior. Those, again, coming from Scotty's autobiography, which will be out next week. Jalen Rose, Scotty clearly feels aggrieved. Does he have a reason to? Scotty Pippen is exactly right. And I know his name is being slandered nowadays in rap songs for reasons he can't control. But for the basketball player, he said one of the top 50 players to do it. Ten-time All-NBA defense, seven-time All-Star, seven-time All-NBA, six-time champion. And Michael Jordan won a grand total of how many championships without Scottie Pippen? None. And it's a disrespect nowadays when you call somebody Robin. Oh, wait, Scottie Pippen's the poster child for that as well. Stephen A. Scottie Pippen is one of the greatest players in NBA history. We all recognize it, and anybody who knows basketball knows that. He knows that. At the end of the day, he's wrong. He's being, you know, a lot of people talk about empathy and what have you, but the reality is you throw Michael Jordan under the bus. In the book, you call Phil Jackson a racist. You're throwing him under the bus. He went after John Paxson. You seem to have an abundance of targets. And in the end, it ultimately comes down to you because from a basketball perspective, there's nobody that can question the greatness of Scottie Pippen. He's one of the all-time greatest NBA players, clearly one of the greatest defensive players. But he was the one that signed a contract that he should not have signed after being advised by the owner, Jerry Reinsdorf, not to do that. He's the one that refused to pour a report into a game when Phil Jackson called Tony Kukoc's number of the year. Michael Jordan retired. He's the one that sat up there and said, excuse me, I'm protesting a contract that I had agreed to sign years earlier. So I'm going to delay foot surgery, all right, and jeopardize our last dance. He did all of those things. You have to own that. That's not about Michael Jordan. That's about you. And I respect the hell out of my uh, Scottie Pippen. It's just that these are the facts. Scottie Pippen, I've been saying for 15 years, is the most underrated player of the last 35 or 40 years. And I still feel that way. Underrated. But Michael didn't... He's not the guy who underrated Scotty. You know what I mean? I agree. I mean, I've never, in all the conversations with Michael, on the record, off the record, on camera, in the locker room, I've never once heard him say anything right. that would lower the position, the standing. He is one of the great players of all time, and others may have underrated him, but I don't I don't get the part about Michael underrating All him. of these things can be true at the same time. He can be an all-time great player and still feel as though he is underappreciated. I guess the question is, does he have a right to feel as though he was portrayed in, the, in a wrong or inappropriate way in the last dance, and in particular by his legendary teammate? Well, coincidentally, I love Jason there. As a matter of fact, the first documentary he did for ESPN was the Fab Five. As a matter of fact, he's a really good friend of mine. And the documentary did a really good job of depicting the last dance. Now, if you're Scottie Pippen, you could say, man, you ain't have to put the year in there that you ain't played for the team when I ain't going the game. Because a lot of people didn't know about that. 
The reason why Scotty gets underappreciated, you guys, is because he was literally in the shadow of MJ so much that he didn't get to have great moments. Like, did Scotty Pippen make a game winning shot in the playoffs? Yeah, one in Washington. I was, see what I, I was mean? there for it, yeah. You see what I mean? So yeah. the no moments that he it. now has is basically I, the moments like go ahead, with Tony Kukoc. Ladies and gentlemen, Michael Jordan retired after the 93 season, his third time. Last time I checked, Scottie Pippen had an opportunity. That Chicago Bulls team could have won the championship. He didn't report in the one game, which was game three. That's game the five. Game the time the time five, game five, Hugh Hollis with the bogus Hubert Davis. Favorite, Hubert Davis. Yep. Yes, I get that. But they did lose the game seven. Okay, and that's it. The next year, How when he, joined, that year? he played great. The next year, the MVP, the All-Star game. The next year, he comes back and Michael Jordan comes back with 17 games left. But they were nosediving. The reality of the situation is, is that Scottie Pippen did have an opportunity to showcase himself without Michael Jordan, so wanna, and he came up short. Question. Is that not you, true? So let me show you what Scottie means by, like, being disrespectful. Okay. Take yourself back to circa mid-90s when you're one of the top five players in the league and MJ's making over $30 million and you're only making $3 million. That is not accurate. That's when the disrespect started. Yeah, but that's not... You that's want to not You want to target that Michael with that? No. We might need to look right there. I, 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 I don't blame MJ for okay. that happening. I'm saying that's when the disrespect of his name started happening. Stay with me, my brother. Stay right here. Final word. Listen to me. Final word. You're an employer, the owner of the team comes to you and he says, Jalen, don't, don't sign Don't it. sign this contract. You'll be worth more in a year. Oh, and yeah. I will never renegotiate with you once you sign the contract. Don't sign it. And Michael Jordan said, you heard the owner, don't sign it. And he didn't listen. He didn't listen. What all is that? Hey, let me tell you something. When I was a free agent in Indiana, at 11.59 and 9 p.m., they faxed over my deal. We ain't playing those games. <laughs> wait, wait, look at Chicago. Has has a last word. Word. I'll be in there so Saturday in person 35 years later, 35 years later, we'll still talking about this. They won six championships yeah. together. And tragically, Scottie Pippen does not seem to take a lot of joy or pleasure in the memories that they created together that created so much joy for so many other people. Thanks for watching ESPN on YouTube. For live streaming sports and premium content, subscribe to ESPN+. Plus. The All right, we are back on the Living While Black edition of the Thinking Out Loud radio show. And as we said before the break, we've been talking about uh, the topic and the subject, Living While Black, Living While Black, a CNN article we ran across that I believe really uh, uh, speaks to the heart of what uh, you know people like Dr. Cornell West calls uh, you know a state of perpetual mourning for us as a community, you know, because of activities uh, that, you know, other people uh, seem to be able to do uh, has put in our has put our lives in serious jeopardy because of the Karens of the day, barbecuing while black, uh, walking or jogging while black, eating while black, sleeping while black. You know, in the gym while black, you know, and the list goes on and on. Um, 
we love to get your thoughts and feedback about any of these cases that we've discussed in the first two segments of this week's show. Again, add us at TOL Radio Host MSN. Hit us up on our Facebook fan page at facebook.com forward slash thinking out loud HQ or send us an email at contact at michaelnemons.com. Guys, in this segment, we're going to uh, shift our conversation a bit to something a little bit lighter and, uh, 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 you know, a subject that I think is um, uh, a, a bit more, um, uh, a, a little bit less serious, I would say, uh, but one that um, I think uh, we would we can have a little bit of fun with. Um, it is uh, Scottie Pippen's beef with Michael Jordan and the Last Dance. Um, if you don't know, Scottie Pippen, uh, the uh, um, one of the uh, famed members of the uh, Chicago Bulls, um, uh, he is one of the fifty greatest basketball players of all time. Teammate of. Uh, Michael Air Jordan uh, and uh, he has a new book coming out called Unguarded and he has made some very controversial statements about uh, his airness, Michael Jordan uh, and uh, it's all coming out of the documentary The Last Dance, if you recall this documentary uh, came out, I think it was about a year ago and uh, there were uh, 10 episodes, 10 or 11 episodes, I believe. Uh, this was definitely appointment watching. I watched all 10 episodes. I think they're still available on Netflix if you haven't had a chance to see it yet. If you haven't seen it yet, you must be living under a rock because this was probably one of the greatest uh, sports documentaries uh, that I've seen uh, in a long time uh, talking about the, uh, the, the, the Chicago Bulls last season uh, winning their sixth championship and some of the ups and downs and challenges that they faced as a team, um, you know, trying to win their sixth championship. Uh, and uh, Scottie Pippen uh, talked uh, uh, very candidly about uh, this in interviews you heard in the opening segment of this uh, of this segment uh, from Stephen A. Smith and uh, from Jalen Rose and uh, Michael Wilbon uh, talking about this uh, this controversial uh, new book called Unguarded and is Scottie Pippen's comments justified? He called Michael Jordan selfish uh, that he only thought of himself um, uh, and uh, that that the the last dance. Uh, he thought, Scottie Pippen thought that when they filmed The Last Dance this was actually filmed back in uh, back in 98 actually, it was filmed back in 98 with the, he thought the understanding or the his belief or thought was that it was going to be more team oriented documentary but uh, it turns out that the documentary itself centered more on, on Michael Jordan than the team which is what Scottie Pippen's major beef was, uh, and I, I you know, I'm, I'm listening to this and listening to both sides try to, uh, you know, uh, t- 
to to argue who's right and who's wrong in this in their opinions. We haven't yet heard from Michael Jordan, but uh, I can imagine only imagine that he's probably taken aback by this himself. Uh, uh, Stephen A. Smith believes that Scotty is is uh, out of line. He's crossed several lines uh, talking about uh, Michael being selfish, talking about Michael uh, uh, basically underrating uh, Scottie Pippen as a teammate, um, making him secondary to him. And, uh, and 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 many 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 people, including myself, is referred to Scotty as as uh, you know or, or to uh, the two teammates as Batman and Robin, uh, kind of a way to characterize uh, their uh, prowess on the basketball court. Uh, but Pippen, uh, I guess, never saw himself as a Robin. To Michael Jordan's Batman, uh, and it begs the question: you know who, who, who really was the greatest? You know, was it was you know was 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 Scotty great because of Michael, or was Michael great because of Scotty? <laughs> and 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 you know you can look at it from two two very uh, those are two very different vantage points but they're I guess two legitimate perspectives that that uh, deserve uh, uh, some some explanation if, if Michael was great because of Scotty then that might mean that that uh, uh, that Scotty should have shared and more of the credit that Michael seems to have taken from Sh- from Scotty's point of view than 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 he was actually given uh, but if if Scotty was great because of Michael, then maybe Michael's selfishness that Scotty looks at uh, may have been justified because Michael was greater than Scotty, and Michael uh, Michael Jordan was the reason that, that the the Chicago Bulls were the were were as great as they were as a team. Um, so. It's it's really I mean it's a it's an interesting discussion uh, surround you know surrounding uh, this new book Unguarded also surrounding the Last Dance many of us have had these kinds of conversations in the barbershops, shops uh, at, at at the spades tables and and whatnot at picnics and barbecues uh, talking about you know the greatest of all time and who's greater was it is it Michael or is it LeBron James and why you know uh, this is this is something that you know all of us have talked about and debated about at one time or another um, and I think that you know it's it's uh, it's an interesting conversation that that we can have um, it although Scotty Pippen really sounds uh, aggrieved, as they call it, aggrieved. Like he really has an angst against Michael because the the documentary he thought it was going to be more about the team when it was actually more about Michael Jordan. <clears throat> and I can't understand why Scotty seems so shocked. That the documentary is about Michael Or more about Michael Than it is about Not just the team 
but about him. Because in actuality, in my view, this is my view, the Chicago Bulls would have been nothing without Michael Jordan. Can I get a witness? <laughs> would have been nothing without Michael Jordan. When Michael Jordan first retired, I believe it was back in 93, after they won their, their third NBA championship, and Scottie Pippen was left on the team by himself. And Stephen A. talked about this, and uh, I think we got that clip or part of that in in the first opening where he said that when 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 Scotty was there by himself and he had an opportunity to show his greatness he fell short and i remember seeing a video or or a picture of Scotty with his with his leg up with a pair of Air Jordans on Pointing at him, basically beckoning Michael to come back to the game. And but but Scotty don't seem to remember that. I don't understand it. And we have uh seems that we have some text from uh, from the actual book that we found uh, from an interview that Scottie Pippen did with GQ, uh, and it, and and it starts off May nineteenth, twenty twenty, six thirty one p.m. The text was from Michael. He didn't reach out very often. What's up, dude? This is from Michael Jordan. I'm getting word that you're upset with me. Love to talk about it if you have time. My schedule was packed that evening, and I knew the conversation would take a while. I hit him back in an hour and a half later. Let's talk tomorrow. Michael was right. I was upset with him. It was because of the last dance. The 10-part ESPN documentary about the Chicago Bulls final championship season, 1997-98, which millions of people watched during the early weeks of the pandemic. With no live sports on TV, the last dance for five straight Sunday nights starting in mid-April provided a much-needed distraction from the new normal we suddenly found ourselves in. There was only so much news about hot spots and hospitalizations and deaths anyone could absorb. Uh, so this is taken directly from uh, Pippen's new book entitled Unguarded. I also want to play a clip from a recent interview that Scottie Pippen had with Michael Strahan from uh, Good Morning America. Take a listen. Now with NBA legend Scottie Pippen opening up in his new memoir Unguarded on his relationship with Michael Jordan and Jordan's docu-series The Last Dance and its take on the 1990 Chicago Bull dynasty. Michael sat down with Pippen, who did not hold back. He's as legendary as they come. Now the gift to Pippen from Jordan, the slam by Pippen, a beautiful play. Six NBA championships, six-time NBA All-Star, two-time Olympic gold medalist, Hall of Famer, I mean, Scotty, you did everything that you could do in the game. Now in his new memoir, Unguarded, Scotty Pippen is sharing intimate details about his road to superstardom. Good evening, everyone, and welcome once again to Bulls Basketball. Including what he really thought about the docuseries The Last Dance, which followed the Chicago Bulls dynasty in the 90s. 
Pippen says when he agreed to be filmed, he wasn't aware it would focus so heavily on Michael Jordan. You come out swinging in this book, and right off the top, you have you you have a lot of criticism about The Last Dance. I thought it was a great documentary. I felt like the documentary only told a story that sort of glorified him as a player and not glorified us as a team. You call Michael Jordan selfish in the first chapter. Why is that? I mean, uh, he was a great scorer, but a lot of things that he did uh, was based on uh, him as an individual. And I think basketball is a team game. Watching you and Michael on the court, it looked like two best friends out there just crushing everybody. What was your relationship like off the court? <laughs> it wasn't what you saw on the court. We always will have that respect uh, for each other. But our friendship is not where people see it on TV, think it is. Do you think that Michael Jordan would be as successful without you? No. But I don't think I would be successful without him. I think we both complemented each other in a lot of different ways. And uh, we kind of competed and pushed each other to be great. Pippen says the last dance was a chance for Jordan to tell his story, but his new book is a chance for Pippen to tell his. Pippen's story began with learning a game on a dirt court in Hamburg, Arkansas, a rim attached to an old light pole. You say some of the best games ever played were on the dirt court. Why is that? I was learning. I was, I was growing. That was the fun part of it because there was never any expectations or pressure. The youngest of 12 children, as a kid, his older brother Ronnie was partially paralyzed by a school bully. Later, his father would suffer a stroke, leaving him disabled. Well, it gave me a lot of responsibilities at a young age, you know, to help take care of them and to be there for my mom. And I grew up fast. Was that a motivating factor for you to play sports? Yeah, it was motivating. I mean, I was trying to find my way out. After being kicked off the basketball team in high school and without a scholarship, he'd go on to play for the University of Central Arkansas. Scott Pippen. At 21 years old, Pippen was drafted fifth overall pick, landing him with the Chicago Bulls. All the work that I put in uh, really became fruitful for me that, that day, and I was able to finally take a deep breath. The book also detailing a dark moment in his relationship with then Bulls head coach Phil Jackson. 1994, there was an a, a issue during a game where Phil Jackson wanted you to inbound the ball instead of take the last shot. And he deferred the last shot to Tony Kukos. For years, you said, Phil Jackson is a racist. I felt like that I had earned my right to take that last shot. I felt like he disrespected me at that moment. Looking back on it after all these years, you don't feel that way about it. When you're a player and you're in the heat of the moment, those things go through your, through your mind. But now that it's over, I've had a lot more great times with Phil than I did bad times. And that's why I say that. Pippen's career in the NBA would last 17 seasons, and he'd be named one of the 50 greatest players in NBA history. He retired in 2004. A year later, the Bulls retired his jersey. That was a special moment for me. It just, you know, shows the hard work that I had put in and, you know, the belief that I had in myself. And it's amazing how fast it goes, isn't it? Yeah, it is. Yeah, it's, like that? Yeah, because you, you're always trying to prepare for the, for the next challenge. Before we ended, I had one final question. 
How do you want to be remembered? So you see, you hear straight That's from the answer. horse's mouth <laughs> how Scotty feels. And what really shocked me was that was was Michael Strahan's last question, how do you want to be remembered? And Scotty said to him, as the greatest of all time, really, really, Scotty, really? You are the greatest of all time? You? Again, it begs the question, you know, who was greater, Michael or Scotty? And and uh and and who needed who needed the other more? Did Michael need Scotty more or did Mike or, or, or was Michael great because Scotty or was Scotty great because of Michael? And and I know some people might be listening and thinking to themselves, this is this is just so childish. <laughs> and it, and it, and in some ways it is because it all it it seems to already be a matter that has been resolved that everybody knows that Michael is the greatest of all time that Michael is the reason the Chicago Bulls are a team uh, that uh, are a team to be reckoned with Michael is the reason that the Chicago Bulls are on the map there's a statue of there's a statue of him Outside of uh, the the United Center, outside of a Chicago Bulls stadium, not Scottie Pippen. He's the one that has the the shoes, the Air Jordans that everybody wants, and so you know, Scottie says that. And, and 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 he seemed to understand that they needed each other. You know that 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 I wouldn't be great without Michael, and Michael wouldn't be great without me. But it seems like Scotty doesn't believe he got enough credit, either from Michael or from the media. And and I I I think the media gravitated more toward Michael because he was the face of the Chicago Bulls, not Scotty Pippen. And and then uh, Stephen A. brought up a good point about uh, you know actually back in the nineties you didn't hear about these exorbitant amounts of money that NBA players were getting paid even though Michael Jordan was one of the highest paid uh, uh, athletes it wasn't because it was primarily from his salary with the Chicago Bulls it was from uh, his endorsements and his shoe deals that's what made him one of the highest paid athletes during that time Uh, I think his salary according to Stephen A was somewhere around 9 million dollars it might have been even less than that but Scotty during that last season I believe uh, according to Stephen A made more money than Michael Jordan because Michael he constantly renegotiated his contract because he saw the larger goal of winning a championship as 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 more uh, important than actually getting paid or being the highest salary player on the Chicago Bulls roster 
But Pippen, on the other hand, thought the other way. He he wanted to be the highest paid player. But but I mean, you were you were second to Michael Jordan. How could you get paid more than Michael? And and then have a problem with that. That's the thing. How could you have a problem with Michael being the highest paid player when Michael Jordan was the face of the Chicago Bulls? Somebody got to help me with that one. I'm really confused about that one there. Man, that that's a debate I would love to have with somebody. <laughs> <laughs> uh, but I, I, I'm thinking of getting the book unguarded myself just to read it because I, I want to hear Pippin's side. I, I, you know, I, I thought, and then he brought this out in his interview with Michael Strahan that the friendship or the the relationship that you saw, the camaraderie that you saw on camera between him and Michael Jordan wasn't the same off camera. So they weren't as close uh, off camera as they appeared to be on camera, and uh, and so I was expecting to to see a Scottie Pippen that was angry, that was you know, um, uh, uh, you know, really. Um, I don't know, delusional. I don't, I, and, and and you know, some of his statements sounded measured because he did say again that he 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 needed Mike as much as Mike needed him, or they needed each other in order for their team to win. But he did make some comments that didn't sit well with me. That 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 he wanted to be remembered as the greatest of all time. And uh, and and even um, uh, 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 one of the hosts of Good Morning America said, "How could Scotty think that the documentaries was going to be about him? You know, how was he shocked that that it was more? Or, or actually, the question was more like, how could Scotty Pippen be shocked that the documentary was about Michael Jordan? Was more about him?" When he was the face of the Chicago Bulls, I'm I'm I'm, I'm confused, guys. You need to help me with this one. Uh, you know, at me at TOL Radio Host MSN. Uh, hit me up on Facebook at facebook.com forward slash Thinking Out Loud Radio Show. I would love to get the thoughts and the feed and opinions about that. Because uh, because guys, I don't know. I, I'm 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 in the Michael Jordan camp. Yeah, he's got a big ego, but rightfully so. This man uh, has done a lot for the for uh, for um, the state of basketball. You can ask anybody that the basketball. Uh, would not be where it is now professional basketball without uh without the likes of Michael Jordan. He made it a global uh game. And um I mean anytime your your shoes are being sold uh, around the world and you're not even playing that says a lot about your legacy. I mean, come on. That says a, a whole lot about your legacy. That people that never even saw you play in person, never even were alive. Some people bought have bought your shoes that weren't even alive when you were playing. 
and they and and yet their your legacy is living on beyond your playing days. That says a lot about the impact that you've made on the game. People aren't talking about Scottie Pippen like that. Let's be let's be honest. They're not. Love to get your thoughts about that as well. Guys, we're getting ready to take our last break of the night. When we come back, we're going to give you our thought of the week on the brighter side. You don't want to go anywhere. You're tuned in to one of the hottest radio shows online. It's the Thinking Out Loud radio show. We'll be right back. You're listening to the Thinking Out Loud radio show with Pastor Michael Nimmons. Don't you dare touch that dial. Author and professor. Dr. Peniel Joseph. You don't have to be Team Malcolm or Team Martin. I think you should be both. You know, so I think the Black community needs both. I think that King is much more revolutionary and radical than the public perceives him to be. And I think Malcolm is is a much more um, brilliant and 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 um, courageous individual who can be radically pragmatic and revolutionarily pragmatic to save black lives while trying to defeat white supremacy than people give him credit for. So um, that's why I try to show Malcolm is absolutely this prosecuting attorney, but he's also a black America's statesman too. He's going to the Middle East, he's going to Africa, um, he's schooling the young Cassius Clay before he's Muhammad Ali on what Africa means, you know, what his identity means. So. I think I put them together because I thought there was much more convergence than divergence. And I think when you frame them the other way, you hurt um, understanding of the movement. We bring you the best minds who deliver their best thoughts only on the Thinking Out Loud radio show. Who told you? that you were naked? Who told you that you were insufficient? Who told you that you were a loser? Who told you that you were a failure? Who told you that you were deficient? Who told you that you were nothing? Who told you that you were worthless? Who told you that you had no value? Who told you that you Who Told You That You Were Naked is a dynamic, empowering, and inspiring book about identity that is a definite must-have. Pastor Nimmons talks about an identity crisis that dates as far back as the Garden of Eden. You don't want to miss these powerful insights into not just the problem of this identity crisis, but the discovery of the spiritual solution. Get your copy now, available on Amazon for just $14.95, or by visiting michaelnemons.com. Like a victim when you are already victorious. 
Are you looking for a better educational alternative for your child? One that'll help your child advance socially and academically? Your search is over. Welcome to to Redford Redford Service Service Learning Academy. Academy. We proudly offer small classroom sizes. As well as student-centered achievement and academic programs taught by experienced and caring teachers. Various after-school programs, including sports, access to technology, and free transportation. Free lunch and breakfast for all students. Simply visit our website or give us a call for more information. Your child's future begins today. I was cracking Planet Earth. It's your boy Griff, comedian, author, motivational speaker, entrepreneur, philanthropist, but a Jesus Christ lover. You understand me? And you're listening to Thinking Out Loud Radio with my homeboy, Michael Nemitz. Check him out right here. Go ahead, Mike. Give him that good, good. The Thinking Out Loud Radio Show, giving voice to issues that matter to you. This week's thought is entitled On the Bright Side. In life, we are guaranteed to experience hard times and hardships. We were never promised to walk down flowery beds of ease. So in light of this reality, we cannot afford to spend our lives focusing on the negative things that transpire in our life. We cannot afford to spend day after day, night after night, wallowing in the sea of despair. For many people, depression has become their modus operandi or their mode of operation. For them, the glass is not half full, it's always half empty. They become full-time pessimists, and for them, there's always something or someone to feel bad about. For them, life is grim and bleak. For them, no cloud has a silver lining. For them, the wrong side of the bed is whatever side they decide to get up on. And for them, that is life. Dr. King put it this way in his sermon entitled A Knock at Midnight when talking about the plight of the hopeless. So many people find themselves crying out with Shakespeare's Macbeth that life is a tale told by an idiot full of sound and fury signifying nothing. So many find themselves crying out with the philosopher Schopenhauer that life is an endless pain with a painful end. So many find themselves crying out with Paul Lawrence Dunbar's crust of bread and a corner to sleep in, a minute to smile and an hour to weep in, a pint of joy to a peck of sorrow, and never to laugh but the moans come double, and that is life. Swing low, sweet chariot, and nobody knows the trouble I see are the familiar hymns of the full-time pessimists. Nobody has it harder than them, and everybody's better off than them. What a miserable existence. If we were to take their empty words for face value, then yes, life is a miserable existence. Life is dark and grim. Life is an endless pain with a painful end. But just like there are two sides to every coin, there are two sides to this thing called life. And yes, it can be hard sometimes. It can be difficult at times. But that doesn't mean that there aren't moments where the sun peeks through the clouds or moments of happiness that overshadows those times of despair. 
Yes, we know life to be hard. We know it to be a struggle for some. And Langston Hughes, mother to son, we can hear that precious mother candidly preparing her son for the harsh vicissitudes of life. Well, son, I tell you, life for me ain't been no crystal stair. It's had tacks in it and splinters and boards torn up and places with no carpet on the floor. Bare, but all the time, I's been a-climbing on and reaching landings and turning corners and sometimes going in the dark where there ain't been no light. So boy, don't you turn back, don't you sit down on the steps cause you find it's kinda hard, don't you fall now, for I still going honey, I still climbing, and life for me ain't been no crystal stair. In other words, when the going gets tough, the tough get going. In other words, life is hard, but it's only made me more determined. Life is hard, but it's only made me more courageous. Life is hard, but I've become harder. I've become bolder. I've become stronger. I've become wiser. I've become better. This week's thought is designed to get you to refocus your attention on the positive side of life, the positive side of living. We spend more time thinking about negative things and positive things, but in every dark cloud, there's a bright side. In every problem, there's a solution. Every obstacle, there's a hurdle. Every closed door has a window. We cannot allow ourselves to succumb to the spirit of depression. We cannot allow ourselves to be overwhelmed by our problems. But we've got to embrace the words of Job, who poignantly declared in the book that bears his name, Weeping may endure for a night, but joy cometh in the morning. What I'm experiencing now is just for a moment. This situation has an expiration date. The bright side is I may be sick, but I'm still alive. The bright side is I may be hurt, but I'm still breathing. The bright side is I may be down, but I'm not out. The bright side is I may have lost my job, but there's definitely another one on the way. The bright side is I may be broke, but God is still taking care of me. The bright side is I may have suffered a loss, but I'm not a loser. Let today be the day you start looking on the bright side and you'll begin to see that a better day is just around the corner. side that's right the scripture says weeping may endure for a night but joy cometh in the morning we said it earlier there's a bright side to every problem a bright side to every circumstance a bright side to every situation no matter what you might be going through there's always a bright side
enjoyed this week's Living uh, Wild Black edition of the Thinking Out Loud radio show. Uh, again, we appreciate you tuning in. Remember, next week, guys, is going to be a powerful, powerful show, guys. We got a player from the Michigan State football team that's going to be with us. <laughs> I can't wait to share this interview with you. I'm not going to share who it is just yet, but you got to follow us on Instagram at TOL Radio Host MSN for all the details uh, to, to find out who this person is on the Michigan State football team that we're going to be interviewing in next week's show. So guys, it is definitely appointment listening. You want to make sure you don't miss next week's show. We got somebody from the Michigan State Spartan Spartan Dog. Shout out to shouts out to Coach Mel Tucker and uh, the entire Michigan State football team for what they're doing. Uh, keep up the good work. Keep chopping. Keep chopping. Keep chopping. Because I think this is going to be a great season for the Michigan State Spartans. Remember to follow us on Instagram and Twitter at TOL Radio Host MSN and like our Thinking Out Loud radio and TV show Facebook fan page at facebook.com forward slash Thinking Out Loud HQ. Thinking Out Loud HQ. Or go to our website, michaelnemons.com. Guys, you can listen to our over 200 shows there, read our books, our blog. We've got a lot of things there that you can check out right from michaelnemons.com. And uh, if you're listening, uh, again, show your support by writing a review for us wherever you're listening to the Thinking Out Loud radio show. We would greatly appreciate it. We know you're not listening uh, by accident or by happenstance. You listen every week because you enjoy the show. And we hope you share uh, your thoughts about our show wherever you listen, whether it be on Spotify, Apple Podcasts, Google Podcasts, uh, Audible. Uh, we, we are a number of different places And we're growing each and every week and month It feels like So please help us get the word out About the Thinking Out Loud radio show Even with your uh, fans and followers And relatives and co-workers and neighbors And whoever it might be Share uh, the good word about what we're doing right here On the Thinking Out Loud radio show With the people that are closest to you well, guys, we're getting ready to get out of here. We thank you again for tuning in this week. Remember to tune in next week. We're going to have another great show in store for you. Always remember, until next time, if you think it, you can believe it. If you can believe it, you can see it. If you can see it, you can be it. If you can be it, you can achieve it. The power rests within you. The mind is the most powerful muscle in your body. Use what you got to get what you want. The power is in you. It's the Thinking Out Loud radio show. Thank you for listening. Thank you for tuning in to the Thinking Out Loud radio show. If you like the show, be sure to subscribe to the podcast. To get more info about the show and the ministry, visit michaelnemons.com. Want to book radio host Michael Nemons for your next special event? Send an email to contact at michaelnemons.com. Tune in every Tuesday at 8 p.m. for the Thinking Out Loud radio show. Giving voice to issues that matter to you.